Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. There was a handful of us that grew up doing the music thing around these parts. I can remember being a teenager and there was this girl that played piano and sang like she was on fire. Every time she'd sit with those black and white keys, she was born again. Today she performs all over the world, including here in the States at such glorious venues as the Kennedy Center. She shared the bill with B.B. King and so much she's accomplished in her life. And we love her. Please say hey, hey, hey to one of our true Mississippi Delta icons and my hometown sister, Eden Brent. What's up, Eden? Hey, I'm doing great. All right. Are you on the couch? Because most of my uh, in- interviewees are interview. What am I? I'm the interviewer. Our interviewees have to lay down for 45 minutes with me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I'm on the piano bench. Well, but- <laughs> there you go. That's your couch. That's your couch. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm real cozy right here. I love it. I love it. Well, I appreciate you spending a Mississippi minute with me. Uh, I know that we get to see each other every blue moon, even though we're in the same town now. Uh, I know you're on the road a lot. And I want to talk about us growing up, but you growing up. And, and just, uh, you know, you were inspired by so many. But I first want to start talking about your mom. and oh, sure. and 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 being one of three sisters, all with incredible talent with Bromwin and and with Jessica and you uh but your mom sort of sort of was the catalyst for it all and and I know I know you miss her and I want to talk about the project you did but take me back to growing up and being around that influence well you know mama was a songwriter she wrote poetry as a young a young girl uh I remember this poem that she wrote I can't quote it but it was a a poem called Soldier, and uh, and she wrote it, I think, when she was 17 or 18, and um, and the the poem was, uh, it really dealt with, you know, how a, how a soldier feels having to defend his country and, uh, and, and taking on that responsibility of having to possibly take someone else's life, you know, mm-hmm. just the, the gravity of that. Oh, yeah. So she was a really deep thinker at a real early age, and uh, and she loved to write songs. So she it, she really instilled that 
that joy of songwriting and all of us, and of course, you know, Mary and Daddy, who was a uh, really a, one of the biggest music lovers I've ever known. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's nobody that loves a song more than Howard Brent. So they made a they made a real good couple, and uh, you know, she'd write songs, and we'd sit around the kitchen table and and sing songs with her. Yeah, she so she inspired that in all of us, you know. That, and then the uh, you know my both my sisters Jessica and Bronwyn both write as as much as Mama did or more, and <laughs> yeah. and then me too. And what's kind of funny is that we're all real different, oh, and yeah. yet we we share music together too. I sit here and try to compare the three of you because Jessica is. I feel like sometimes that I'm in the room with uh, uh, Sarah McLaughlin. And then, you know, w- w- but but even even more rootsy than Sarah McLaughlin. But you know what I'm saying? And then right. with Bronwyn, I feel like I'm on the Americana roots, you know, because she's so Americana, so, uh, uh, you know, folk, you know, and yeah. then and then you're Jerry Lee Lewis and Boogaloo all wrapped up in one. <laughs> but it comes out in your own way, which is what I love about it. And I want right. I want to ask you about that. So, you know, growing up. Obviously, you had a couple big influences as far as your piano uh, virtuoso, I, if I can say that. Just how you were mentored. Take us back to that time of growing up and going like, you know what? I want to. That's who I want to study under. Yeah, you know. Uh, well, I always wanted to play, and uh, and you know, people that come and visit here, and I, and there's plenty of people that do come and visit. And they're all, you know, very often surprised at how many people. You know, you and I are, are professional musicians, but there's a whole lot of people in uh, in our hometown here, and then through, all over the state who play just for the joy of it. Uh, and a lot of people are surprised at how many people play the guitar, or play the piano, or play the mandolin, or the harmonica, or just something for fun. Right. And uh, so I always, you know, just being around it and it being such a big part of life. Growing up out there in the country and entertaining ourselves, <laughs> yeah. I, I always wanted to play, and I and I always hoped that that would be my career. But I wasn't sure if I was going to be a teacher, or you know, if I was going to work in a music store, or I wasn't sure exactly how the how my career would path would go. It just I knew I, I wanted to do something in music, and um, and then. You know, going to these uh, Mississippi Delta parties, uh, Boogaloo Ames was always a fixture. Right. And he played at all the dinner lounges, you know, like the C&G Lounge and mm-hmm. and down at the marina and, uh, and at different social events I went to. And so, uh, you know, he really set an example for me of what was possible. I thought, wow, you know, here is somebody who's, out there performing and making a living, so I don't necessarily have to be somebody on TV playing. I could actually kind of make a living around here doing this. Uh, right. I, I, you know, I might have, uh, I might have chosen to emulate the, uh, uh, the church organist or something, but my, even though I can read music, it's not my best suit. <laughs> right, right, right. I can't read I'm music little, worth the dime. I'm a little better at making it up as I go along yeah. than I am at reading what's on the page. So, uh, so Boogaloo really, uh, he really set the example for me and showed me what was possible. And then also, 
you know, uh, all the things that I had learned in piano lessons and in music school at, at college, Boogaloo really kind of breathed a, a, a new life into that education that I had, the, the academic part. He really put it into my hands and, and into my heart and spirit. Right. Uh, he set the example for me to, to make the living that I make today. I love it. We're talking to Eden Brent, and we are uh, in a Mississippi Minute. Uh, Eden, let's talk about uh, just, okay, as you as you grew up a little older, it took me a long time to sort of figure out who I was. I think you were on the path uh, so much earlier because I was influenced by so many different musicians. So I'd write these songs, and that, you know, they say I was talking to, uh, interviewed my buddy Radney Foster, who's great singer-songwriter in Nashville and done of hits and he said it took it, that somebody told him you have to write your first hundred songs and throw them away and then you start get you get your feet wet and you get going uh, <laughs> I look back and I think it was a thousand for me that's how slow I was learning yeah. but but also was I was influenced by the players that that would come along into my life and in my band and the way they played my songs was the way they came out and i didn't know any other way to do it i know that it was cool and it was whatever at the time but it it was never me and uh although i loved i still love all the guys you know i, I see them when i see them is awesome but with you it's always been like do you think because you were on the piano and you were driving the machine and everything you've to me have, have been focused and on a mission from day one uh, at your craft, and it hadn't been like I've got to discover myself, or am I wrong? H did it come sort of easy to you with focus? I guess is what I'm asking. Uh, gosh, you know, I, um, I mean, I think we all continue to develop, and I think I'm continuing to develop now. <laughs> I mean, at least yeah. I hope so. Um, you know, for such a long time, Steve, I was, uh, my real focus was kind of celebrating Boogaloo Ames and trying to achieve his mastery at the piano. And uh, and I, so that, I wasn't really trying to develop, I mean, I think it kind of happened as a byproduct, probably really being focused on trying to preserve his, piano style that right. was really that was my goal at the time that he that i was working with him and the, the, you know during the time that he was alive and he didn't he he lived uh till 2002 and so it wasn't really until after his death that i really started a solo career in earnest i mean you know i did i did some work independent of boogaloo ames um in the meantime while we were working together but you know because obviously he had other gigs with other bands and stuff we're rolling through a mississippi minute as fast and furious as we can we're with the great eden brent stand by when you leave Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. 
right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Lord, I'm, I'm Steve Azar. We are with Blues Icon. She is down in my Mississippi Delta and globally known around the world. We grew up together, sort of from afar, watching each other, probably competing a little bit, but not really. And um, and and I love it. Yeah, yeah, singing along. <laughs> hey, with Eden Brent. Eden, tell me how much time did you dedicate? Can you think about the hours you put in a day? Was there like a routine? Uh, you're trying to to emulate and preserve Boogaloo, and and but but be able to play with him and bring it. So, how much attention were you given? You know, to working on your craft. You know, I think it varied. Uh, there was a one specific period of time. Um, where I, where it was very intense. Uh, back in the, I guess, in the early 90s, um, I saw an advertisement in the newspaper about a, an apprenticeship grant offered by the Mississippi Arts Commission. And so I looked into that and applied for this grant. And for a three-month period... The Mississippi Arts Commission paid Boogaloo to teach me, wow. and uh, and so you know, and so Boogaloo got half the money up front. It was a, <laughs> from what I can recall, it was a fairly sizable uh, amount, <laughs> right? And you know, certainly more than than some young student would be able to pay their teacher, right? And uh, and so Boogaloo got half the money up front, and then at the end of this three month grant period, we would have to file a final report, and then Boogaloo would get the other half. Well, I got really serious, because I thought, if I don't show some serious improvement, you know, they're liable to not give him the rest of his money. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I was spending uh, hours and hours, I don't remember how many hours a day, but that was the one single period working with Boogaloo, that three months of the Folk Arts Apprenticeship Grant through the Mississippi Arts Commission. That's the one single period of time where I really saw this vast improvement in my playing. And, I, you know, I can even remember during that time falling asleep practicing, you know, because I yeah. was really working hard and working in all the wee hours of the night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. But that, yeah, that was a... a that was a wonderful program, and, they, and the Mississippi Arts Commission still offers that program today for uh, musicians. You know, there's fiddlers who've done it, and all kind of uh, all kind of uh, musicians. But then also, you know, quilting and and basket weaving. Yeah, I didn't know all any this. kind of yeah any kind of folk craft eligible for that grant program hey eden you know growing up here and and uh i like this show to be national and global but there's something that's so important about about this and unless you grow up here and maybe leave a little bit and come back and see it from another angle you know uh, another time in your life uh what do you think it is you talk about all these art forms and and we know pottery and we know poetry and we know novelists and all these great writers musicians it never ends, right? Painters, sculptors. What, right. what do you think it is? I mean, uh, you, you know, a lot of, well, I think, uh, I think you've, you've touched on the brown water. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
something being in the water. I'm drinking something right now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and um, I really think it has something to do with the fact that ultimately we're agriculturally based, and and you know there's this window of time that happens from the uh, end of the fall or the beginning of the fall in earnest here up until maybe, you know, the springtime where there's kind of a lot of time, idle time for people to right. uh, review the year and themselves. And there's plenty of time for reflection right. when you're not out chopping cotton. I think that might be where it started. And certainly here we have uh, the landscape seems to have plenty of space, and I think in a, I think in a place where you have a lot of space, there is more time for reflection, and and I think it encourages creativity. I think you're right. We're talking so. to Eden Brent. Eden, all right, take me right now. That was I couldn't have answered that any better, and there's no way. I could have actually written it down on a report, gone in and gone to the thesaurus and dictionary, and I would have failed. You you nailed it. I love it. And and I believe you, which is good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, how young are you when you're doing your apprenticeship under Boogaloo? Uh, let's see. I was in the middle of my college career. Uh, um I can't remember, you know, 18, probably. I, I had started college, but I hadn't gotten very far. So uh, Boogaloo first started teaching me, um, you know, maybe in my first year of college when I came home for Christmas mm-hmm. or something. I finally um, got bold enough to ask him to teach me. I think, you know, certainly I had seen him a lot of times, mm-hmm. um, but it it was... Only maybe after I uh, started my college career that I had been exposed to more professional musicians on a personal level, and then I, I guess I felt more of a kind of a kinship with him, musician to fledgling musician. Right, uh, right. And so I, it was only then that I, I really felt bold enough to, or so presumptuous to ask him if he would consider teaching me. I love I- I just think I just think that's so cool. All right, tell me, uh, you went to North Texas. We didn't have the Delta Music Institute at the time, right? So you and I—that was a basketball gym because we played intramurals there, uh, where the <laughs> where the Grammy sits now, the Grammy Museum. That was uh, a couple holes on the golf course, and and I used to play <laughs> golf there. So they at least they 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 uh, occupied the space uh, with things that you and I both love even more than than sports for me. So. Would you have considered, you know, obviously uh, where you went to college was a big music program. I know a lot of a lot of musicians that went there. Um, obviously a great program. The DMI now is is just really on the move now. And it's got 130 right. kids in their curriculum. Would you have considered the Delta Music Institute back then? Or what what was the reason for going to North Texas? Was It, it was music, right? Absolutely, yeah. You know, I had my eyes set on going to Berkeley College of Music in Boston, Massachusetts. Right. And uh, Mama did not want me to go so far from home. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, uh, so she found the program in, at North Texas State there in Denton, which is just outside of Dallas, Texas. And it's kind of an easy drive home from there. So, right. So uh, she thought that would be 
a better place for me to start out. They had a uh, jazz program there, and that's what I studied at, uh, for the first three years. And then I finally, I, I came home and took a break, and uh, and then I, I went back after nine months or so. I did go to Delta State for a little while, as a matter of fact, and loved the program there, but my hours, I was going to have a little bit of trouble transferring my hours. Oh, yeah. I'd be, going from one college to another and if I went back to Texas it was I was going to get out quicker so I went back out there and for in a year and a half I went ahead and graduated yeah so, you know, I, I think I graduated in five and a half years with my break you did you so did I didn't take a break and I graduated <laughs> in five years so and a lot of summer schools because I kept changing you know it's funny I was a psychology major and then I was a pre-med major for most of it and I was Ooh. really bad at it like really bad and so uh and so then I realized you know the band started going and I and you like I didn't like like you talked about earlier I didn't know if I wanted to play outside of the Delta. I didn't know. I just loved playing, and I wanted to get better. And and all of a sudden, we had so much gear and so much we had so much debt that I didn't have a choice but to keep playing until we paid the debt right. off. Because we always you saw all those crazy trucks we had, and had we had ten guys on the payroll, and we were running up and down. And thank goodness we had enough gigs when I graduated. I think I had two hundred one nighters when I graduated. And listen, we were playing. We were playing. Anything and everything from funerals to weddings to uh, I make the joke, but it's the truth, man. I found myself by grave sites. I found myself at weddings uh, and obviously a lot of fraternities and bars and and sure. uh, in theaters and all that. Man, I'd play like you did. We played like anywhere that let us. Uh, and right. And so um, I was sort of stuck and I didn't have a choice. Uh, you know, with my brother and I, we had accumulated all this all this money we owed to the bank. And um and so th during that process, I guess I was starting to develop. And um, but, you know, anyway, it was it was one of those things. But just going to Delta State, we didn't have the Delta Music Institute. I, I used to go, man, I'd love to have a program that would teach us more along the lines of what I wanted to do. And now it's there. We're talking to Eden Brent. Eden, uh, you know, we're the birthplace of American music. You and I both know it better than most uh, being born and raised here. Tell me, would you like to hear a little Cedric Burnside or Dorothy Moore? Oh gosh, that's a tough one. But yeah. I gotta go with I gotta go with my gal Dorothy Moore. You got it. We're <laughs> with my blues sister Eden Brent. You're in a Mississippi minute. We're gonna play a little Dorothy Moore. We're gonna be right back. I'm Billy Kinder, host of Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Hear the show Saturdays at 1, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Turkeys, whitetail, Grenada Lake crappie, or Gulfport redfish. We enjoy it all, especially when you're in camp with us on Super Talk Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. We are with the wonderful, 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 soulful Eden Brett. Uh, you guys, if for out there nationally that may not have ran into her or seen her set her piano on fire, 
without without actual fire. Fingers are on fire, uh, and and hear her sing. Uh, well, like nobody, you know, you gotta you gotta check her out, and you gotta go online to check Eden to get check you out. Just go to EdenBrent.com. Edenbrent.com. That's it. I yep. love I love that. I love the whole dot com thing. All right, so tell me what uh, you can stream and all that other stuff with your music. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's there all all the recordings that I'm on are streaming right there at Edenbrent.com, and of course I'm on Pandora and Spotify. Yeah. And yeah. All of those things that I'm not clever enough to know how to use. That's right. They're not paying you anyway, so it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I always make the joke, but it's not really a joke. Hey, Eden, so so tell me, you, you graduate college, right? Did, were you performing yep. a lot in college, uh, a, a considerable amount, so, you know, with the mentoring and all the apprenticeships and all that? Were you still getting to play a significant amount of shows during your college days? No, you know, most of my performing, uh, I did a few private things, and I think um, – Sometimes during the summer, Boogaloo would uh, Boogaloo would leave town and and go do a longer term engagement in Jackson or something, and uh, and so I would take over his job playing happy hour piano at the local lounge. But uh, but for the most part, my performing career didn't really get going until I was out of college. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I didn't, I, I did some charity work and stuff as a younger person and during my college years, but I didn't do a lot of, I didn't really do a lot of performing until after I was already out of college. And, and in fact, you know, uh, I was thinking about going to graduate school because I was really, really a whiz at music theory. And, uh, I was thinking about going to graduate school and possibly, teaching music theory in college but then you know like many young people i started making money yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's once you start making a little money it's uh <laughs> i always try to encourage people if you want to go to if you want to be in school go ahead and do it because once you start making a little money and get a little debt then you're not as likely to want to uh Go back to school. Right, right, right. <laughs> good, good to go ahead and do it while you got it on your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love, oh no, I love it. Okay, so we're talking to Eden Brent. Eden, so you go, when When do we make our first record? I made the, the first recording in 2003. Uh, Boogaloo and I had, uh, had been in a documentary that was on South African television. The South African hmm. film crew came through the Mississippi Delta. They were doing kind of a music tour, a music documentary series, and they were filming from New Orleans to Memphis. And they stopped here in Greenville during the Blues Festival and got to know Boogaloo, Ames, and me. Hmm. And, uh, and we were on a TV program over there in South Africa in... I'm trying to think what year. I guess it was the late 2002, and uh, and Boogaloo passed away that year. So he and I would have been invited to go to South Africa at that point, but uh, but because he had passed away, they invited me to come along, and so I went over there and met a record company owner, uh, and I made my first record in 2003. And it was released over there in South Africa, and then I just 
kind of sold it out of the trunk of my car here. Yeah, well, it's all right. But okay, wait, wait, wait. I love this. So how did you meet your record guy? I mean, I love these stories because I've got well, my own, but, but mine are. Mine have yeah, a golf the, course the, to do with it. <laughs> you know, the, the, the film crew uh, was traveling with a South African musician. And he was on this label, Rhythm Records, that it's now, uh, they've now shut their doors. They're no longer in business. But, um, you know, to have that experience was really wonderful, and, and I, we're still friendly. Uh, so that, that, but that's what happened. They, they just said, would you like to make a record and release it over here? And I said, why, sure. And uh, then I got to go back to South Africa and do some touring and, had a lot of fun and it's really beautiful over there so how, how much time did you spend over there let's see i guess a total of about five weeks during two different trips and uh yeah i haven't been back though since 2003 so i, I i'll hope to do that one of these days it's i love it over there. usually when yeah. i go to a place in another country they have enough of they've had enough of me <laughs> 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 or I've had enough of them. I, I can't figure it out. But but I did recently go to Germany for the state and uh, and and get to see. Um, I was with our head of tourism, uh, Craig Ray, and we went over there. And so we got, he spoke and I spoke at this music conference. And they had all of these people from all around the world uh, uh, that that were there in Cologne, Germany, and they spoke about the importance of a viable and vibrant well of a vibrant music scene in their town and how the youth come and how they there's this energy and how it affects their economy and it was really refreshing to hear that that was going on and that that people in political you know in political power understood the importance of that and we've got that right, right now we've got that in our you know we from our head of our cvb to our governor they all love they love the arts they're all in and 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 right. and it's like a it's like a we don't have a choice but to help continue to nurture that and to celebrate it and to continue on our paths because they're they care about it and man i just i hope that the next regime cares as much as the one now because i feel like we're on to something right now and we and to preserve what we are and celebrate and turn it into money for our, our economy which we need um yeah I, I, we really got to music made mississippi famous <laughs> it did no. no but hey there's there's uh there's 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 richness beyond monetary wealth. You know, we uh, having a rich culture like we do, I think, is just as valuable as uh, having a lot of money in the bank. Well, I, I think what I'm saying is, you think about Boogaloo and the life he lived, he was probably totally content. I mean, when I, Eugene Powell oh, was yeah. sort of my guy, he was so happy, you know, getting to play music behind the liquor store and hang out, and just he just he just never looked miserable, you know, and sure. he, he didn't stress over stuff that he he didn't have he didn't have anything except a guitar. Well, that's the thing. You know, the more the more you got, the more you got to worry about. Now that's true. So, but I'm saying the whole world sort of was able to take our art form. Uh, and yeah. in a lot of cases, I'm talking the Stones, the Beatles, Clapton. I, I've said these same guys before, but everybody and take it and use it and really get very wealthy as far as financially. And our group was sort of the inspiration behind it all. And uh, it's it's just, I guess the best. I guess my point is, we need to be able to go ahead and and use it as our benefit now to celebrate those because everywhere I go around the world, and I know you do too, they go, "You're from there." 
They're like an awe right. of us. And oh, I love yeah. that. They're in awe of us in Nashville. I mean, a lot of songwriters that I got to know, they go, you're really from there? Bob Seger, you're really from there? I mean, I'm going like, the more I heard that, the more I was going like, man, I came from the coolest place in the world. Right. Yeah, I'm so proud of Mississippi and so proud to be from Mississippi. Me too. I'm really, I'm really glad it's my home. I'm, uh, and yeah, I like, I like to talk about it everywhere I go. And, and in fact, you know, a lot of people come here to witness it for themselves. And I, uh, I mean, I've witnessed people crying, saying, <laughs> oh, my God, it's just like in the movies. <laughs> you know, looking around at, at the landscape and the people and the joy and the, and the just the down-home music, you know. And like I was saying, almost everybody plays something, and certainly everybody sings. So music is such a big part of our daily lives here. You know, I saw your brother the other day, and so he was, he had this smile. He's always got sort of this content smile uh, well, that I see. You know, he's out in public. He didn't see me. I was watching him walk through the walk through the mighty Mississippi, and I think you had just played your set. And But he's uh-huh. always so jovial and just so kind, and he reminds me of everybody that you run into in our <laughs> neck of the woods. It just seems to be able to make a lot of friends, and uh, it just... It just made me feel good to see him walking through there with that smile on his face. And I think oh, that that's, that's a special thing that we have. We're talking to Eden Brent here in a Mississippi Minute. We're going to be right back. Good night, darling. Good night. Good night, darling. Good night, moon. Hey folks, if you're tired of being tired because your pillow isn't doing his job at night, give my buddy Chad and his team at OmniPillow a go. OmniPillow has a 100-day return policy, and listen to this. They will donate a pillow to someone in need every time you purchase one. Their goal is to give away 1 million pillows. It also comes with a stress cube that sells for 10 bucks. You'll thank me, I promise. Give yourself a much-deserved life's rest. Go to OmniPillow.com. Enter promo code Steve Azar. That's OmniPillow.com, promo code Steve Azar, and you'll receive 20% off with free shipping. If you ask me, there's no better pillow on the planet. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. We are with the wonderful, 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 soulful Eden Brent. Okay, so take me now to, let's jump to the Kennedy Center. First time you played the Kennedy Center. I mean, that's such an honor. How did that all come about? You know, uh, uh, that was, Boogaloo and I did that together. Uh, I think Trent Lott had, had, back when Trent Lott, our senator, was still in office, I believe that He's the one that put our name in the hat for that performance, and so that was one of the events, one of the 
uh, milestones that I shared with Boogaloo. One of many, many milestones that I shared with Boogaloo. Wow. Uh, so, uh, that, yeah, I, I'd say that was probably the, the milestone performance for me in Boogaloo. We did a lot of great things together, and I was happy to follow him all over. Uh, but that was probably the that was probably the highlight of, of our performing career together. Well, did you, we're talking to Eden Brent, you're in a Mississippi Minute, I'm Steve Azar, and we are having a blast. Uh, Eden, w- w- tell me about your, so tell me about like your latest record, what are your plans for the future, are you writing hard right now, and, and sort of that process of getting prepared, so your latest and what you're doing now. Right now, what I'm doing is about to release a Christmas record. I have Love it. Uh, put together a list of 12 songs. I, along with my husband, Bob Dowell, I was talk about who Bob, yeah. is a, a brilliant arranger. Mm-hmm. My husband, Bob Dowell, went to the Royal Academy of Music in London, England. He's an Englishman. Got a great accent. Engli- yes, he does. <laughs> He's an Englishman turned... Mississippian. <laughs> We've made a Delta boy out of that man. Yes. Uh, and he arranged these 12 Christmas songs, and we're just now on the verge of putting out this Christmas album called An Eden Brent Christmas with Bob Dowell. <laughs> I There's, love it. I love it's, it. It's so, so, so much fun. Uh the arrangements, it's a, it's just an eight-piece band. I think that's right. Just eight pieces, but you would think it's a full-on big band. The orchestrations are so thick and rich. Wow. And uh, so there's, a, uh, you know, several of the really fun Christmas songs, like Merry Christmas Baby, the Charles Brown bluesy, Merry Christmas Baby is on there, and... Uh, uh, New Orleans take on Santa Claus is coming to town. Love it. It starts out with a second line, uh, you know, like a New Orleans funeral style, and then huh. uh, segues into a rumba, uh, New Orleans rumba style. So there's lot, lots of lots of favorites, like uh, the Christmas song, Mel Torme's Chestnuts oh. Roasting on an Open Fire, and, yeah. and then a few little fun surprises like Santa Baby. So I'm really excited about that coming out. Uh, this year, this Christmas. I love it. That's fantastic. We're going to make sure that uh, we celebrate that and we tell Good. the world. Uh, Bob, <laughs> I love it. Well, it's titled appropriate because you're going to be spending Christmas with your husband anyway. So it's mm. sort of... That, that... Well, I'll tell you, the thing is, Bob and I met, uh, one of the gigs that I do from time to time is the legendary Rhythm and Blues Cruise. And Bob and I met on the Blues Cruise in 2008. That year, I invited Bob to spend Christmas here in Greenville, Mississippi, <laughs> and Love he it. agreed, and we've spent Christmas together ever since. So wow. Christmas, this the album celebrates not only the Christmas season, but it really celebrates kind of the way we got to know each other. This is, because the Christmas season is, is our season because we, our relationship was fostered through many many christmases spent together well if you if you watch the movie the the british movie well the a lot of the accents uh love actually 
you would realize that it is a time to fall in love and to find that (laughs) special one and then to re-fall in love with the people you already love. So it is, it makes, you know what, really, as cliche as it is, it's magic. And I love it. And I love that you you guys found each other and are able to not only do that, but able found each other and music be both of y'all's backdrop of your lives. And I just think that, oh, yeah. that living in the in in your house has got to be a lot of fun. <laughs> it's got to be. Oh, yeah, there's music everywhere. <laughs> well, you know, I love it. You know, that's how, you know, there's been a lot of houses uh, in Nashville. I mean, that's how we started having hits. We were in the basement with a, it's, it's so funny, and we were in the basement with my producer who was from Bristol, Tennessee, married to a girl from Tasmania, Australia, and and uh, their band was uh, staying in the house. And, you know, they woke up at three, basically, and, and I had to stay up all night with them. But the bottom line was, it was a band house. <laughs> and my hits oh, came with a band from Tasmania, Australia, and it worked, <laughs> my first hits. And it was so weird, but, but the point was, it was a band house, and you got time to yeah. focus, and and, you know, you had time. To, to fidget and you know sort of figure it out well Eden, i can't thank you enough i'm so excited about celebrating your life and and uh, if anybody deserves to spend a mississippi month it's you and i've just been a fan for so many years of not only you and your sisters your dad uh and just the whole brent legacy uh down here and uh and it's always you just you you guys are a light you're a shining light down here and you always Thank make everybody you, feel Dave. good. And uh, and they're just go check out all our music. It's special. It's unique. And uh, and we're gonna let it fly. You've been in a Mississippi minute. I'm Steve Azar. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi minute, all sixty of them, where you can take your sweet time. A Super Talk Mississippi yeah. media production.